0: Welcome to Frontier 3, presented by PatSnap. In this 20-episode podcast series, we will be unpacking the innovation ecosystem of Web3. From tokenized physical goods to the digital assets and smart contracts that will build the metaverse, Web3 is one of the biggest technological and socioeconomic paradigm shifts in history. Join PatSnap's co-founder, Ray Chohan, for a fascinating deep dive into how Web3 will fundamentally change how we live, work, and play. Welcome to Frontier 3. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Frontier 3 presented by Pat Snap. In today's episode, our host Ray Chohan is joined by Brian Mark who's the director and content educator at Rally, a platform for creators to build their own independent digital economies. Mark started his Web3 journey working with the Adidas leadership team to stake a claim in the metaverse. Now Mark works with Rally to educate creators about Web3 and make the transition easier and more attractive. We hope you enjoyed today's interview with Brian Mark. Enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by PatSnap. Learn how to unlock your limitless innovation potential with connected innovation intelligence. CII is an AI-powered technology that comes through millions of disparate data points, segments them by industry and relevance, and weaves the insights together to create a meaningful narrative. The result? A holistic 360 degree market view where you can easily spot risks, identify opportunities, and accelerate the pace of innovation. We created the definitive guide to connected innovation intelligence to give you an in-depth understanding of how CII can help your business innovate better. If you want to grab a copy of this, head over to patsnap.com or click the link in the description of this podcast to get it today. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode.
1: Brian, welcome! Hey, really thanks. excited to have you on the show today. Um, big fan of yourself and Rally and what you guys are building. So it will be cool to just lay the table out, really, in terms of your background and your your journey into Web three, because we're meeting a lot of Web two execs who have made that transition. You definitely have so. It'll be great to get your background story and how you ended up at Friends with Benefits and, and then at Rally.
2: Yeah, you bet. Um, and thanks for having me, Ray. Glad to be here. Uh, so my, my path is a, a bit of an unusual one, but it's um, it's been quite a bit of fun. I um, went full time into Web3 November of this past year. I uh, started working at Rally, uh, where I lead content and education for the team um, and uh, also uh, work on the digital events side for Friends with Benefits. Uh, prior to that, uh, I was at Adidas for five years, uh, where I worked on a team that supported retailers in going to market uh, with Adidas products, um, supporting um, mostly kind of mall and fashion retailers in, in building their plans. And that was, you know, omnichannel marketing. We were thinking about um, social paid media, live events, in-store events, in-store marketing fixtures, um, CRM stuff. I mean, really kind of the full suite and working with uh, marketing execs from retailers to help Build programs and plans that drove sell through for Adidas products. Um, prior to that, my background is in the cycling industry. Um, started out in bikes, um, got really into bikes in college, and and used that as a way to kind of um, get into sales and then marketing, and 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 here I am today. Um, the The shift for into Web three for me started with um, some exposure that I received at Adidas. Um, the The leadership team had put out a call for submissions early twenty twenty one. Uh, looking for ideas as to how Adidas could stake claim in the metaverse and kind of in Web3 um, in interesting and and kind of fast ways. And Adidas does a great job of um, open sourcing um, great ideas, both from inside the organization and from outside. Um, I teamed up with a couple other people from Adidas North America, and we put up uh, a couple plans, one of which ended up being selected and and is what... um, uh, some of what you'll see from Adidas today in the Metaverse and Web three space came from that that same um, work stream, um, and I was lucky enough to be able to work on that while I was at Audi um, up until kind of as I left. Um, I think the the big NFT project launched about two weeks after I left the the brand, so it was sad to have missed the the kind of the, the coming home of it all. But um, more fun to see there, and and more to go as well.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, we've had Diego. Oh, I love it. yeah, 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 totally. yeah. yeah who's episode one so i know they got a great team there and and i think ben mayer white was uh, yeah. also yeah. part of the team there so yeah I, I observed that and and congrats to that team and adidas for having the foresight like i understand i hear there's a story that uh one of the big names in this space was messaging one of the team there, I oh can't Who's the name of the guy. He's a, he's a, he's huge in the NFT community. His name slips my mind now.
2: Uh, who, it was, I know that, um, the, the team from like people, uh, you know, the, the, the artist people, they were talking with him at one point and just kind of having some pretty wild conversations.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it was someone from the community who was messaging Adidas.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, well messaging someone from there, but I think this, I've oh got, I, I got his name completely slips from my mind, but he's a huge, um figure in nft right. one of the ogs in this space yeah and he mentioned i was pinging adidas i was surprised they were engaged but for literally for the first five weeks i didn't know if it was an intern yeah or a C level exec literally i was just yeah. going back and forth and calls cool going with it <laughs> yeah and and the story is um yeah he just was in europe and they're like popped down to the office and i hear the story starts there so kudos to adidas and all you guys for picking that up like it seems like you guys are one of the big brands to really kind of lean in and, and kind of get the community excited.
2: Yeah, they don't really do anything halfway. And I think this is a good example of it. I mean, something that, that I think is maybe under, um, uh, it, not talked about enough with the team that brought that over the line is that out of the, the entire project, I think the um, actual full-time employees working on that, it was only... Um, one or two people whose whole job was working on that that metaverse and the nft project it was really like skunkworks ad hoc projects for everyone else who um it was you know it was basically just people from the adidas community who um the employee community who raised their hands and said this is interesting work this is something i want to be a part of and that's how i got involved i i still had my day job while we were working on that it was just um essentially just bonus work um for for no additional reward beyond the work itself which um i quite enjoyed though
1: Brilliant. So it was that journey with Adidas which sparked the interest, and and from a fundamental standpoint, what caught the imagination because it's a big ecosystem. What in particular made you think, you know, what I'm going to take my career all in in the space?
2: Yeah, I think um, so for me, I've spent my career helping connect people and products, and uh, what's fascinating about the the world of Web three today is. Um, we barely have products, and there's not a lot of folks really I think focused on that that connection the um, that true kind of consumer mentality or consumer mindset. Um, you know today there's a lot of people in the space who are here because of the technology they're excited for for what the technology is and what it can do. Um, I think that the next generation of of adopters in web three are going to be people who um, who care less about the fact that the technology is the technology and more about what it can do for them. And so for me, like the the open door of, of the possibilities that, that blockchain technology and just a rethinking of the traditional paradigms of value creation and value exchange um, that it unlocks are really exciting for me. And, and that's really where I think um, for me, jump, jumping in headlong uh, came from is, is a desire to be um, on the train that I, that I see uh, leaving the station
1: and so rally onto rally yeah like what do they do i know they're in the social token space so the mission for rally and and i know definitely people will be like what are social tokens
2: yeah (laughs) totally yeah yeah let's dig into rally so um rally is a, a platform that allows creators and communities to own more of the value that they create and the way that we do that is through uh two is essentially through tokens um we the the two kinds of tokens that we use are social tokens and nfts um nfts i think you know a lot of people have talked about um uh, but an nft is essentially a one of one so um if you if you have a um, a unique digital object that's that's an nft um, social tokens, though, um, think of them essentially as ununique digital objects. Any one social token uh, in, a, in a batch could be replaced with any other. Um, and so sometimes we'll refer to the, the tokens as non-fungible tokens, which is an NFT, and fungible tokens, fungible just literally meaning interchangeable. Um, so thinking about a social token, um, you could think of them essentially as tiny uh, micro-economies of their own cryptocurrency. And, and that's how we think about them with our creators is um, we're essentially allowing creators to uh, launch uh, manage and grow their own digital economies um, on the rally side chain uh, through the platform as it stands today
1: okay makes sense and and looking at it from a, a macro standpoint what inspired that vision at rally was that are there some big macro tailwinds where you think right time right place and and rally will really Capture this, this vision of
2: yeah, social tokens. It's, really it's a great question. Um, so Rally launched a little over a year ago. I think it was December of uh, 2020 that it first came online. And um, you know, the founding team, uh, which was also the founding team of the RLY ecosystem, which Rally is a part of, a larger group of of companies and orgs that are all based on this the, the RLY sidechain, chain. Um, the, the founding vision was really to, uh, centered around this idea of helping creators uh, keep more of the value that they create. Um, if you look today at the dominant Web2 ways that creators connect with their fans, those vehicles tend to be um, pretty extractive. Um, you know, the, the best example that I point towards is something like Instagram, where today, if you're a creator who uses Instagram, um, you have no way to directly monetize your Audience, your fan base, on the Instagram platform. Uh, Instagram is making all of the money off of you using their platform and tools. Um, another example that I think has been in the news a lot lately is Spotify. You know that the, the amount of uh, revenue that artists are able to generate from Spotify is pretty paltry, given um, how much work those artists are, are typically putting in in order to make and distribute their their music, to even get people to listen to it, um, and then to be rewarded with you know uh, a third of a penny per listen. Um, pretty tough, uh, tough to make a living there. And I think what we see the opportunity as is to, um, I'll throw out a $2 word here, but um, to disintermediate um, those, those corporations that have been so focused on extracting value, and to instead allow creators to connect more directly with their fans, um, and to collectively own more of the value that that can be exchanged there. So um, I, I think the the easiest primitives to, to point back towards, and, and this is something we spend a lot of time talking about internally, is just is thinking about how, how to frame this in the context of things that already exist in the world. Um, I think one that, that comes to mind pretty readily is fan clubs. Um, you could think about something like Patreon or um, a product, even like you know Kickstarter or a traditional fan club, um, where people are able to buy in and directly support uh, the creators and artists that they love. Um, I would say that, you know, similar to a fan club too, um, a lot of what we've seen, well, a lot of the creators we've seen find success on Rally um, have focused the platform on supporting and connecting with their top hundred fans or their top thousand fans. Um, this really becomes a, a place where your most loyal and kind of most connected fans can come to connect and, and uh, exchange additional value with you as a creator um, in a more direct way than they might be able to through traditional platforms. Um, another good analog is thinking about like rewards points or reward systems. Um, something that's different about a token economy um, as opposed to maybe a traditional like um, a point system on, on a platform like Twitch or something like that is um, the rewards can go both ways. So um, we've seen creators who reward their fan base for um, specific actions for joining their Discord server or for um, for retweeting uh, something that they've shared. Um, they can reward their fan base with some of their social token. And they can also then give that same fan base opportunities to spend that social token for rewards or benefits that that, that fan base might like or enjoy. So um, we're able to create economies that rather than just driving value from out of fans wallets, through big corporations and then into creators' wallets, we're able to create economies that that essentially have their own um, closed sphere, their own little economy um, that can operate within a community. Um, And and for Rally, I think our big focus out of the gate has been specifically communities that uh, center around one creator.
1: Wow. It really elevates the creator to a, it's a quantum leap in effect, isn't it, in terms of the direct nature they have with their fans from literally day one especially if it's an early artist it that's really fascinating and it, it's yeah. You, know, you mentioned so yeah web 2 was definitely evolved into maximizing extraction for sure they were quite open initially if you recall back in the yeah. day oh yeah and then rug pulled so many great companies we know all the stories right and it just wasn't a good look so i think what you share it looks like just culturally a lot of people have been bitten in the past and like wow this seems like an interesting solution but evolving into say forward-looking lens so this all makes sense Brian where you basically have potentially a million micro economies right an artist basically has their own sovereignty uh, to a certain extent around their art which is which is great where do you see it evolving is it things like i know how people artists can reward fans with more tokens or tokens for doing x y and z so is it just constantly evolving into special gated access special privileges also the online flexing for having x number of tokens for fans so it also becomes a flex which that's a, well. It's part of the community, right? We all do yeah. it for thousands oh, yeah. of years. So, is it is it a mixture of that which makes social tokens a a compelling uh, capability?
2: Yeah, I, I think what's what's most exciting about social tokens and about the um the potential applications is that the applications are uh, in essence limited only by the desires of the creators uh, and the creativity of the engineers who they employ to help figure out um, how to make the the smart money or smart objects kind of do what they want it to Um, which is a real paradigm shift It, it, it means that essentially what the product that we've the platform that we've built today Um, has been turned into kind of different applications or different products by the community. Um, And what we see is um, thanks to the rich developer network that we have um, built around the Rally ecosystem, um, we've got people who come up with a great idea that they wanna see for their community uh, and then go out and build that application. Often then the application that's been built is something that's shared with other creators, and they're able to then implement the same thing if they're interested in, in, in an application. There, so um, some some good examples of this. Um, there is a, a creator on our platform uh, who has a coin called Playcoin, and he spun up an online arcade uh, full of like little in in browser uh, games for people to play, and he allows other creators to use that same platform um, for their fans. And, and it's essentially, it's, there's there's a gamification kind of side where um, you can reward the fans who, who get the top score in a given game on a given day um, with a bonus of tokens or a special NFT prize. Um, and he built all of this for himself because it's something that he wanted to see exist and has now opened access to it to the rest of the creator network. Other people are now able to use the same. Um, we also have a really strong um, network of developers who, who we submit, um, we put out uh, bounties for, and we're able to say to the community, look, this is a, a feature or a utility we're looking for. Um, things like the ability to gate a WordPress site or the ability to gate a Shopify store um, with your social token or with an NFT. Um, those are bounties that we put out to the community and that then developers pick up and, um, and help us kind of solve for. And those are utilities that for us, like our, our focus on NFTs and on social tokens is really on... Creating abundant utility. We want to make sure that there's as many ways to use this um, as there are demands from creators for that utility. Um, so I think that the, the long answer as kind of as we look to the future, I expect to see this, this kind of essence. And this is, I think, essential to the Web3 mentality today, just more broadly, is around composability the ability to build out of component pieces, something that, that does what you need or, or, or solves a particular problem you have, um, I, I I believe that we're going to see that that push towards abundance um, continue to go and, and and continue to become kind of a, a center point um, in social tokens and in NFT utility as well.
1: So in essence, is Rally really going after a platform play? You guys are trying to be the, the picks and shovels for anyone who... Wants to build a, a social token uh, capability into their, into their creative art or their or their passion.
2: Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. I think you know from our end, uh, just kind of having the picks and shovels today. Um, I, I think the the long term answer is yes. I think for right now, though, in order to prove the utility of the of the picks and shovels, um, you know, I, the, the analogy that I use a lot is is thinking about building a city. Um, Right now, we've got really great roads. We've got really great tunnels. We've got really great, you know, kind of infrastructure that underlies it. Um, what we're focused on on today now is helping people understand what it takes to build a house on the platform, um, and and how to successfully kind of launch and 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 grow a project. Um, you know, the the first few are, are for sure the hardest. I think today we have 2 uh, we're just under three hundred creators on the platform, and uh, this is a is essentially a, a new way of building for creators and a a new approach Um, and so the ways that we found uh, creators reach success uh, are as diverse as those creators and their communities i think over time the goal is for us to build enough kind of clear ramps and clear processes that more people especially people who aren't um here for the technology as as much as they are for the utility or, or the benefit from the tech, um, we want to create kind of simpler, smoother on ramps for Web two creators um, to, to make the transition to Web three. Because you know I think today we're able to articulate the benefits, um, we uh, have some of the features, um, but I think that that building a really clear kind of one two three is really the the, the next big step for us is, is helping people really understand what the steps are that they need to take to bring their community. From say you know Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, kind of wherever their community lives, um, to bring that community to rally um, is is the next uh, the, the next kind of big leap for us. Um, helping educate that next generation of creator.
1: So so this this blending of of features, what's the Web two analog if you could use one? On where, where it's going?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think that um, you know that that blending of features, I, I would. Think about composable apps that exist online today. Um, and I would say that some of those are actually the earliest versions of um, kind of a decentralized ethos that, that we have. I'm thinking specifically about like um, Slack and all of the Slack plugins that exist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about WordPress sites and the number of kind of uh, uh, integrations that exist there. Um, uh, Discord is a really great example with how reliant they are on bots. Um, for, for added utility on, on Discord servers. Um, I think what all of these have in common is that the core team has done a really great job of building stellar products that feel like a cohesive thing, that it's clear what the, what the inherent utility is, but then they've partnered with externals and given really a, a big stack of um, resources, as well as keys to the, the API, keys to the backend to be able to empower the developer community, to build what the community dreams of, to build what the community wants um, for that platform. And I think that um, WordPress is actually probably the the most pervasive example. Um, you know, the, the amount of integrations and how reliant most WordPress sites, WordPress shops are on external integrations is, is to me um, a good indication of kind of how um, how ready consumers are, and how kind of easily um, many people are are beginning to understand um, the uh, how kind of we can do um, Lego building of uh, processes and products. It's it's no longer, I think, the the age of like the beautiful kind of super slick one stop shop tech tech product. Um, you know, an analogy that we that we use internally, and I I, I like it personally, is um, we're not growing a tree here. We're not building kind of one big massive thing. Um, what we're what we're doing is we're we're helping foster uh, like a mycelium network, a mushroom network um, that grows um, in a distributed way. Um, we want to be kind of that thin layer that then can allow kind of multiple. Um, uh, kind of mushrooms to pop up where they need to, um, essentially uh, building kind of a wide and flat structure rather than something that's really tall and massive.
1: Okay, that makes sense. And so in terms of where you guys are heading, so it, it
2: seems like you're at this
1: phase, I think Chris Dixon from AZ-16 d- mm-hmm. done a really good essay a couple of years ago where he's mentioned everything looks like a toy and it's a toy which people play with on a weekend and that becomes an next big industry or the next technology primitive. So are you guys at that phase now where you've got 300 creators, but you're still trying to find that one or two killer use case where then you get mass adoption where people go, Look, I get it, I get Rally, I'm going to Rally for these two capabilities and I'm launching my social token because I can very quickly and very easily get this incredible utility is that is that the current journey you're on
2: yeah we're at a really interesting spot along that journey i think the um today the people who found the most success on the platform are the ones who've like cracked open the product are um are essentially hacking their way through it and um for some people That's really fun, and the rewards are there. I mean, we as a platform, Rally distributes over two million dollars a week in rewards to people who hold the tokens. Um, It's massive. I mean, it's just it's it's an incredible sum of 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 cash, and these are rewards being delivered back to people who are holding tokens and the creators that they're supporting. Um, You know, thinking about and with with just three hundred creators on the platform, um, there's a lot of centralization, a lot of opportunity there for for people to um, to find growth. I think. What's interesting that you that you pointed at is that idea of what's that um, that one killer use case that's really easy to understand, easy to onboard for, um, and feels like well packaged. I, I think that that's really the moment that we're in is an exciting one in that um, we have um, killer infrastructure. We've got those great roads, bridges, tunnels. Um, now it's a matter of figuring out how to how to make really clear to people what are some specific use cases. Um, And that that we can build the right tooling for from an engineering side and can also build just a a stellar stack of like education and on ramp tools for people who might not be already um, in the Web3 space. And, you know, and and with my role in content and education, um, I I end up being kind of the tires of our car. I I spend a lot of time (laughs) thinking about how um, how we can end up, um, you know, at the end of the day, whatever we build, we have to be able to explain it to people who um, may not give a hoot about the underlying technology what they're interested in as as people as creators as business people is what it can do for them and i think that relentless focus from a product perspective on utility and on clarity in utility is is the inflection point that we're at today we're really focused on figuring out how to um, package and clearly communicate stellar utility for specific kind of smaller target audiences um and uh I'd encourage, um, you know, if folks are interested in more about where Rally's heading this year, um, on the Rally Association Forum, um, our CEO, Bremner Morris, um, put up earlier this year a really great vision doc that that kind of points at where we're heading in 2022. Um, And it really, it centers a lot of what we're talking about here, just with regards to utility, um, specifically around like expanding utility for creators, um, but also on that idea of getting just like sharper and cleaner um, on how we communicate the utility that we're building towards.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's great you guys are building out the education framework. I think that's key in terms of what you're doing and and making it, packaging it and make it really clean and simple. Because I think we're getting to a phase. I know we're really early, but you do see a couple of folks getting really itchy on. Just show me the outcome. I'm yeah. not really here for the tech. I'm. But if I used to use YouTube, I am on Spotify. But if you show me. This wow outcome, I'm, I'm all in. But to your earlier point, I was this is fascinating, fascinating. And congratulations to you and the team. So you mentioned you're doing two million dollars in rewards per week of three hundred artists. So could you unpack like what is is that just um, uh, the actual appreciation of tokens that fans hold, or is that additional uh, kickbacks they're getting for doing X, Y, and Z for the creator? What does that look like?
2: Yeah, so um, we as a, as a company are incentivizing um, our creators and their fans to join the platform through a program that we call Rally Rewards. And there's a, a very long white paper on on the site as to how the rewards work and are calculated. Um, it's complex. Uh, but the, at its, at its core, we essentially have a growth fund that we are empowered to use to help drive additional people into the ecosystem and to reward the kinds of behavior that we want to see. And so the kinds of behavior that are rewarded are, are the sorts of um, things that are positive for a, a micro economy. So we want to see people using the token, so exchanging value with each other. We want to see people holding the token, um, locking up essentially and keeping money in the ecosystem. And we want to see growth. We want to see people adding additional wallets um, and additional holders to their um uh, to their community, um, and so in exchange for for helping us grow the platform, we're able to reward the community with those incentive funds.
1: Okay, but so it's, it's, it's a great way to get over bootstrap the well, not
2: bootstrap fund the, that classic cold
1: start problem.
2: You've got it. And, and it's really it's a huge difference between Rally and other social token platforms. Um, you know, there's a lot of services today. You and I, while we sit on the on, on the phone, we could um, pull up a, a site and mint a social token. Um, you can mint it on mainnet. You can mint it on a side chain um, and then you have your token. I think the challenge for a lot of creators is how do you put any liquidity behind it? How do you make it worth something? It's essentially the, the core question. Um, some creators, you know, if you mint on a on a service on mainnet. Um, the services will give you they'll give you kind of instructions and basically say look if you put 50 or 100k in lockup behind this you're going to make each of your tokens worth a penny or two what um launching a token on rally does is we, we use an automatic market maker um, called a token bonding curve that essentially allows us to have immediate value and um, permanent liquidity in tokens and so as a creator launches their economy the, the token is worth something from day one and um that's great. It's it's great for the creator because it means that there's immediate value for them. Um, it's great for their fans because it means that if they um, come in, you know, there's the opportunity for fans to um, come in early and and really invest at uh, or to to bring money into the ecosystem at a lower cost uh, to uh, to the fan. Um, essentially, being early is its own reward. Um, if you come in and, and support a creator early on, um, you know you, you may be able to, to buy that token um, uh, at a lower price than it ends up at later on, um, which so, is great.
1: So, what do you mean the bonding curve? It, it's tethered to another digital asset, thus accruing yeah, so, value. So, I, I think um, these automated. I mean, I mean Uniswap's a big AMA out there, right, in terms yeah. of the DeFi space. So, is it? Are you guys coming over that cold start problem on? bringing lu- liquidity by kind of composing in some form of very micro form factor of DeFi.
2: Yeah, that's right. I, you know, there's, there, there's a good connection there to it. Um, rally operates on a side chain and um, being on the side chain um, ha- has a few benefits um, speed of transaction security. Um, the uh, carbon impact is a lot lower as well. Um, you know, one rally transaction is about the same as, as one tweet, which is great. Um, but for us, um, on that side chain, um, when creator coins are purchased, um, essentially the underlying value is RLY. It's the the RLY token, and that RLY token is traded on mainnet. It's also now listed on Solana. Um, you can get it there too. And that RLY token, essentially buying a creator token, locks up a proportionate amount of RLY. Um, so from our side, there's there's essentially an, an underlying asset in RLY that we can use to, to provide value for the economies as they grow and go. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So that
1: RLY token then can be used in OTC markets, just yeah, that right. confusing, nuanced DeFi world. That's right. Where you've got the money markets, but then that. A a tiny fraction of that can then accrue back directly to the fan token to come over that that cold start problem and say to a fan, look, off the bat, your token's already worth
2: something, right? Yeah, 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 they're they're they're, they're worth something, which is which is great, and it um, it gives people kind of something.
1: Amazing! This ecosystem so fast. It's amazing, isn't it? You can do this unique financial engineering with linking into the world of DeFi and the AMA markets which, are, God, they're confusing to everyone, aren't they? What happens on the back end? It really is. The, well, and, <laughs> you know,
2: our, our, our white paper for it is fantastic. It's I think it's about 30 pages long of how the token bonding curve works. And um, our head of product uh, the other day was like, all right, can you help me kind of get this into something that's about 30 seconds? Can you help me get a good 30-second explanation of how our token bonding curve works? And my immediate question back was, can you tell me in 30 seconds how it works? And the, <laughs> answer, the, the answer was no. So, um, you know, I think that... Um, This does, though, point to to some of the challenges is that uh, some of the challenges in in Web3 and in kind of um, communicating what we're building and what we're doing, there are a lot of people who um, who are curious about the space. And I think that because of how transparent so much of what's being built is in Web3, if you click in one or two clicks down from the homepage of most websites into their white papers, into kind of the back end, like there's a lot there and a lot of it's really complex. transparency has its ups and downs. And I think one of the upsides is the information's there if you want to see it. The downside is that um, we don't have a lot of those same walls built around information that exist in a lot of traditional tech orgs, where, um, you know, if you ask Facebook, you know, Facebook, tell us how your algorithm works. Um, They're not going to. And Whereas here, if somebody asks, hey, tell us how your market maker works, we're going to show you the the white paper that sits under, underneath it. Um, I think for people just coming into the space, the amount of information can be really overwhelming. Um, and, you know, that's really in thinking about my role in content and education, it's figuring out. What are great analogies to use? What are great um, use cases to show? What are great ways to explain complicated concepts in simple and kind of um, easy to grasp ways? And then also, you know, this is a really fun one for me as somebody who's for sure um, fallen down his own rabbit hole over the last year. um, What are the opportunities for continuing education for creators and for their fans? If people are interested in going deeper, I think we should encourage that like the next generation of, of great minds in social tokens and in DeFi and kind of in web3 generally are going to come from people who are coming into the space with a lot of questions and and with a lot of experience from outside the space so um, i'm really eager to figure out how to smooth on ramps for creators and for their fans um, because I'm, I'm long on the space generally and and think that um you know it's up to kind of the people who are here today to help figure out um how to explain all of the wildness to, to to more people who are coming.
1: Yeah. You see, Brian, you raise a fascinating topic here because this whole space and the primitive of the blockchain, it's it's open, permissionless by nature, right? That's that's the beauty of it. But when you're trying to scale a business and trying to attract customers, it's a double edged sword, right? Because you could now have an artist go and download the white paper, get excited, but then kind of back off because they just literally freak out and go oh what's this bonding curve thing and what is that what what is the underlying of rly like it it can it can then kind of sometimes confuse the situation do, do you see a time where this is just literally abstracted out just like this call today like we're using this Squadcast app. we could have been using zoom we don't really care what's happening on the back end right we care about the outcomes like Clean connectivity, clear yeah. sound, yeah. no breakout. Like, do you see us getting to that point where customers actually don't care and even want to know what's happening backstage? They just want to care about an efficient outcome.
2: Yeah, I, I really do, and I think that, um, you know, it's one of the one of the challenges that I think we face today is um, so much of the narrative in in the press has been around the kind of big shiny objects. It's about apes. It's about the Ethereum price. It's about you know all all of that, and. Um, Money is is fun to talk about, um, uh, and especially when when people are making a lot of it or losing a lot of it, um, right? Because the other narrative that we hear, some is people getting very rich from from crypto stuff. The other is all of the scams and kind of like the the, the negative side of it, um, which exists as well. And I think what I what I'm hopeful on is that over time, the technology itself becomes less of the topic of conversation and sublimates. It, it just it it kind of um, falls into the um into the background the same way like you're talking with squadcast like there's there's for sure a lot happening under the hood here but what we see is a really beautiful and really smooth user experience the user experience in web3 right now and i think uh, this won't be news to anyone who has a crypto wallet or who's purchased (laughs) an nft um it's a little clodgy and it's i'd go as far as to say that most of it is not consumer grade and if you look at the the organizations who are who are driving the, the most growth in the space, they're actually the ones who've built the strongest user interface and the strongest user experience. I'm thinking about OpenSea, I'm thinking about um, uh, uh coinbase i'm thinking about foundation you know some of the bigger nft platforms have done a great job of productizing something that otherwise is just a a sea of contracts and information um, and makes it um, shoppable makes it browsable makes it feel frankly a lot like the web2 platforms that we're all used to and that comes with its own risks in the sense that there have been some critiques of these larger platforms that they maybe run against the ethos of Web three and openness and decentralization, um, but like with that said, being able to access blockchain technology in a way that feels familiar, safe, and comfortable to more users is a benefit and an end kind of um, an end in and of itself, I think. So I mean,
1: you can see it. I, I couldn't agree more, Brian. I was listening to you, the VP of product at Coinbase. Hmm. Everyone knows they're launching their marketplace soon, hmm. which will have more curation and a social element to it. Um, and they're very much going for payment rails, which are web too, where you can just buy your NFT from your Visa or debit card and off you go. And they'll even do the custody for you. You don't have to have your own wallet. So you see the big juggernauts and Coinbase are definitely the granddaddy when it comes to exchanges. They're actually leaning on some of the principles from Web2 just to enable that big mass adoption and that gentle on-ramp.
2: Which I think, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that that's a bad thing. And I, and I think that um, there are going to be uh, a lot more platforms that maybe push people further out of kind of where they've been and bring them into kind of a new mode um but i think that for the time being the technology still remains very um very tangible uh, the technology is not uh, has not disappeared and um i think what i'm what i'm excited for is the moment when um when we can collectively start talking more about the utility that sits behind NFTs and social tokens, than talking about the the digital objects themselves. Um, right. And for me, that that aligns really well, and it's it's part of what I love about about Rally is um, the mentality that Rally has opted for with regards to NFTs is uh, one of abundance rather than scarcity. Um, today, the the dominant narrative on NFTs has been some of these are very rare, so some of them are very expensive, and it's been more focused on. Um, uh, kind of the commodification of rare items, and then the you know the value that that creates, than it has been on what people can actually do with those items. And so, um, what I mean by that, you know, if you think about the utility that a digital item could offer, we tend to think about it at Rally in four buckets: there's keys, tickets, badges, and collectibles. Um, and each of those, you know, a, a key lets you into some; it lets you into something permanently. Ticket lets you in one time. A badge shows that you were somewhere or did something, uh, and a collectible is just that. It's something that you wanna hold on to. I think what's interesting is NFTs can be any of those or all of those or some combination because of the composability and the, the codability of the objects. Um, you can even change the functionality of digital objects over time. So something that starts out as a key could be sunset at some point. Let's say it lets you into a private Discord server you could at some point turn off that access and then it just becomes a collectible but let's say later on it's something that people will look back on and say oh that's a badge that i was there in season 1 of of rays private discord um it's really interesting to think about how how digital objects um can kind of change over time but i think to really point back at that idea of abundance over scarcity i think that in the future we're not going to have one or five or 10 nfts i have a feeling that nfts will become everywhere any digital object that that's permanent and is bound to us um will likely be uh, something that, that gets brought on chain um and i think that over time we just won't talk about it as much um, there's some really great examples of of the potential here in things like Ticketmaster. uh you know thinking about how the ability to send and receive tickets securely um online it feels like a a place where it could happen already um and and even if you think about digital goods as they exist the fact is companies like ticketmaster um, are likely using some uh, some sort of a database um, that would look an awful lot like a blockchain it's just not public Um, the you know the only people who could edit that that ticketmaster database are ticketmaster themselves and so i I think really the um, people talk about um, cryptocurrencies or blockchain technology as though it's magical and in reality it's simply a public ledger And so any data set that's currently held by a private entity could potentially be made public and validated and secured the same way that that blockchains are um, in order to allow additional utility to emerge. Um, So this is all kind of a very long way of saying, I I think that we're going to end up in a place where um, NFTs and social tokens become a more pervasive part of our daily lives, whether we know it or not. Um, the technology has utility that extends beyond the current uh, thinking around scarcity
1: yeah i love the way you break the, see that it's what you're doing there with content and education brian which makes a massive difference where you use the the analog of tickets collectibles badges like that makes sense to people instantly right like, oh i get it i've used that many a time and the fact that i think what, what people will have to learn slowly is well. Wow, what I actually own digitally can actually change. So it was a key. Now it's a badge or it's a key to even more access than I originally purchased. Totally. So that I think this, I think digital assets will now enable humans for the first time to own something, which actually morphs while they're owning it, which is quite a unique feeling.
2: It's really wild, yeah. It's wild, yeah, it's really right? wild.
1: I brought this in one way. Now I've got keys to this kingdom. Wow, who would have thought that two years uh, yeah. ago?
2: Well, and you know, so, I mean, an, an example that's that's definitely of the moment is the the launch of the Board Ape Club ApeCoin. Coin. Uh,
1: yeah, all over the news today, big,
2: all over the news. <laughs> um, but you know, that's actually it's something that that we at Rally have been talking about a lot. Is that um, we think that we're going to see. A, a swell of NFT projects embrace their own social tokens and embrace their own their own coins. Because for, frankly, now the the um, social token that more people have heard of than any other social token is ApeCoin. It's a coin that that started from um, a place of community and a place of of um, connection. Um, rather than starting from um, as its own blockchain or its own kind of new native L1, it it is a social token. It's a token that was that was granted to members who who held specific NFTs, and then was you know also some of it was made available for public sale. Um, something that we've that we've talked about a lot is the the idea that NFTs um, are great at being objects um, of permanence and objects that can hold value. They can be of value themselves, but that value isn't um exchangeable there's there's no liquidity in an ape you could have a a board ape in your in your uh, wallet today and the you could maybe find somebody who would lend you money based on you holding it but like you can't you can't give somebody one one thousandth of your ape um at least not easily what layering on a fungible token a social token on top of it does is it gives that community now the ability to exchange value in a native currency and to build incremental value in that project and in that token so all of a sudden you've got a project that there's a ton of value in the board of community and we see even with the price of that token that token is inherently worth zero dollars but it's today trading you know up over twelve dollars a, a coin um, because people collectively believe in and want to hold something that's a, a fractional part of this bigger project it's wild
1: Yes, it is wild. So the NFT becomes, in this microcosm, your NFT becomes your store of value. You don't want to trade it. You could fractionalize it or lend it. And the actual social token becomes your medium of exchange.
2: Totally. So,
1: So you've actually got the analog of gold, and dare I say it, dirty word for fiat currency (laughs) totally
2: totally i mean it it really is um you know the, the the analogy that we use a lot is it's um digital goods and digital money but it is kind of that same idea of what's the thing of permanent or that maybe has some some more permanent or intrinsic value or utility and what's the thing that you use to exchange parts of that utility or to purchase incremental utility and and that's where that's where the the means of exchange or the social token can come in it's really brian, it's stellar yeah
1: i mean the way you frame that is brilliant but i still think there's loads of people saying okay brian i get it it makes sense to me especially folks who are already in web3 like where do you see the real utility because i'm sensing people are going to be itching for that wow moment soon so i know board ape have launched their coin today and They're doing some brand pieces, but it's still speculative at the moment, right? Yeah. It's like uber speculative. Yeah. And nothing wrong with the Bored Ape community. I think it's interesting what they're doing. But I did watch their, I think, um, original uh, founders talk on YouTube. Mm -hmm. I turned off in 40 seconds. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I didn't know what was going. There was no context. Like it was all just broad words but no meaningful meat to the conversation. So I couldn't watch it anymore. It was, I just couldn't handle it. Cause I was like, there's no point here Yeah, yet. Like <laughs> yeah. it was becoming cringe worthy. you could see the comments afterward. Like it was, I don't know. It wasn't presented well. I felt they could have done a lot sharper job. Other communities have represented better. So I used, cause you mentioned obviously rally, you guys are doing a great job. 300 artists, kudos 2 million bucks a week in terms of activity on the platform. But you mentioned earlier people are trading like you're seeing that that velocity in the market like a what's happening at rally what are they going back and forth on what are they purchasing but in a big macro context what do we need in terms of utility to have that wow moment like what's coming soon
2: that's a good question i think regarding utility today on rally um the best examples that we're seeing are uh, ultimately it's uh, creators giving their communities additional access to um, what they're interested in already, uh, essentially allowing us to help capture and connect the love that that fans already feel for the things that they that they're fans of. Um, so the best examples. Um, We've got an uh, analog synth musician named Colin Benders. He has VCA coin on our platform. And he token gates an archive of um, longer cuts than he offers on YouTube, of sound banks that that his members are free to use, um, and is essentially just uh, if you hold X number of his tokens, you're able to get more of what you already love. Um, so I think that that's a really great one. And that's probably the most common is essentially just rewarding fans with more of what they're already into.
1: So just pausing on that one web 2 has that equivalent right so i'm a member of say uh, a couple of um, intelligent services and they're always saying ray upgrade with oh, premium yeah. we'll give you more content because i can see already what you joined so it is a version of that like premium access so, so that that's is so there do- anything yeah. so
2: different. Two two pieces there. I think one is a subscription model is really different than a um, holds to access model. Um, you're giving them money, and that money leaves your wallet and goes away. Um, the difference is to access the the content that um, that Colin or others are sharing. Um, you, you just need to hold the tokens, and holding those tokens um, could potentially, if the if the token is earning those rewards that we generate, um, could earn you additional tokens that you're then able to hold onto or do something else with. Um, the token price can also um, move. Token price can go up. Token price can go down. Um, but you're essentially, rather than um, buying a subscription, um, you're staking a subscription. Is I think a good way to think about it. You're, you're just you're keeping money in your wallet that gives you access to things. So if at some point you decided to walk, you'd walk with, with the, you know the with with what was still um, in your wallet afterwards. Nothing nothing being spent essentially is is a big difference. Um, i i i I, makes sense
1: yes staking as a service is something we've looked at i find that fascinating that that evolution from subscription as a service
2: i I really do too i mean and and, you know if you want to think about um proof of enthusiasm like for me as a as a fan is really important um i would i think be more willing to put a 100 bucks into an account and leave it there in perpetuity um in order to, to kind of show my fandom for someone than I would be to write them a check for a hundred bucks. You know That, that feels like a, it's an interesting um, flip and, and I would potentially lock up more of that kind of um, staking funds against creators who I love um, than I maybe would sign up for a subscription service. So I think there's, there's something to that. Um, the other one is the exchangeability, the ability for um, creators and fans to exchange value, not just in one direction, but to move to move that money around. So, um, we've got some really some really great communities where the community managers. Um, let's say you're a, a streamer. A lot of our um, strongest uh, creators are, are streamers on Twitch, and Twitch, um, uh, gaming streaming platform. Uh, a lot of the communities there, they'll hang out in the Twitch chat, um, but Discord servers are really popular for people who game. And those Discord servers, um, they can get a little wild. Uh, there's a few things that, that Rally does to help gel communities together. Um, one is uh, you can use your tokens to gate special neighborhoods of that Discord um, so that only certain people can, can kind of come in based on their, their token holder status. Um, you could do it with NFTs or with the fungible tokens. Um, you could also though, within Discord, gift other members tokens. So you'd be able to kind of exchange value with members within the community uh, via a bot that we've built specifically for Discord. You could also, and we have some creators who are doing this, uh, pay your Discord moderators, let's say you bring one or two community mods on, you could pay those community managers in your native token. And the ability to reward people who are fans for behavior that benefits your community in a token that benefits your community, um, it's essentially creating closed loop or circular economies where people are able to, to, as new value comes into that, keep that value within the ecosystem Rather than it leaving or becoming kind of part of a subscription or part of something that, um, that's extractive, um, I think a lot of our creators are thinking about what they're building on Rally as something for the long haul, rather than a way to, to kind of pull money from their fans. It's not a, a Patreon or a Kickstarter analog. It's much more um, building something in tandem with their community rather than a vehicle for extracting additional value. And I think that's probably the biggest shift in thinking about what this does for the creator economy. It allows creators to own more of that value they create for the long-term rather than for the immediate. This is
1: fascinating, Brian, because what you've described there is the base layer of staking as a service, as a concept, right? Just having skin in the game and being vested, which yeah. is by human nature, encourages typically healthy habits, of thinking long-term. But also if you look at big picture i'm getting a bit wild here but this is an exciting vision for rally say you've got a mega artist scaling on rally from day one right they've built a large community uh they've got x number of followers x liquidity in their in their micro economy you then actually have the mega fans who are big holders or even the medium fans who are medium holders potentially building a career within that micro fan community by uh, recruiting community managers encouraging good behaviors encouraging more building of capability like it could take a it's a mega fan who's early and the community scales have huge opportunity for themselves right. and while being passionate of the original artist
2: it, it, you're dead on. And I think that um, it, it connects to something that, that we talk about a lot, which is that, you know, the creators who, who live in this space, um, they, they're they good at what they're good at. Like, if you're a gaming streamer, you're a gamer, and you're somebody who connects with your community. Um, people are there not because you're a great Discord moderator, because you're a great graphic designer, or because you're a great email marketer. They're there because of you, you are the product. And... In order to be successful with that product, with your community, you likely need a little village around you. And I think giving people a, a, a shared incentive way to compensate or to, to collectively build um, is is a real unlock in this, and a really different approach from I think the um, the traditional approach to to building in the creator economy.
1: I mean, this takes the game to a, another level because, in a way, the artist is the original canonical, right? I think there's a project called Loot. You do this with NFTs where it's just an original narrative, which could be just two chapters and people build on top of that. And it takes on a life of its own. So you could have an artist who's doing great content and probably always doing great content, but then doesn't mind that community evolving into something that we can't even imagine because you've got all these smart people who've got their own superpowers who also love the artist, but building on top of it around it, And that could evolve into something else. So in a way, software is eating into fandom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that that idea of um, co-creating with your community is the other unlock. Because I think it's easy to talk about it in the financialized terms of like, oh, we're sharing value from like a a token perspective. But in reality, like... It's the ability for your fans to um, elevate what they want to see from you and for you to respond and for you to say to your community, here's what I want to see from you, my my community, and to let them respond in kind. I think there's just the massive opportunity for exchange of information and exchange of ideas, um, in addition to the value that, that these communities can create collectively.
1: Okay, makes sense. Got it. I mean, the design, the surface area for this, Brian, is crazy.
2: It is crazy. What like <laughs> <it's>,
1: What else? <laughs> What are some of the wild things? Are we going I think the fun part of it because Pat Snap are all about innovation? A lot of our customers, our world, they're all working on breakthrough innovation, be it life sciences, be it aerospace defense, be it building things in space, literally manufacturing things in space. So we're in that world as a business. What are some of the kind of blue sky things which make you think crazy? But I think it could happen.
2: Oh, I mean, Uh, I I think that the sky really is the limit here. Um, What gets me excited in this space is so right now where Rally has been building and I think where the social token economy is today has been centered around individuals um, or around um, kind of single projects, single people. I'm interested in what happens if we start to build or start to see the emergence of headless token communities. So communities where, and that is it. Everyone take for today's some episode around, with
0: Pat um, Kearney. Doused, if you enjoyed to today's episode, then be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Layer that if that love into, today's episode. Um, the and share this podcast thinking, with a friend or what colleague, have colleague who you feel like would be truly impacted a shared interest by today's podcast, values,
2: beliefs, and allowing them to kind of um, co-build um, around a around a token. Um, it shifts it from there being someone in the middle of this circular economy to instead the people who move to the center organically becoming that nucleus, becoming that core. There's, there's wild, wild opportunity there um, that that feels pretty blue sky to me. Um, I think the other one though, is just continuing to expand on um, composable utility in NFTs and thinking through what the next generation of NFT technology is going to look like from a, a coding perspective. Um, the ability to send, um, send and receive um, non-transferable tokens at some point. The ability to send somebody an NFT that can't leave their wallet. Um, the ability to send uh, NFTs that um, that engage with smart contracts based on on timeframes or based on external constraints. Um, you know, uh, imagine um, something that that changes based on a ref- an external reference. So um, something happens in the stock market or something happens in the world, and something you hold automatically um adjusts or changes yeah that's Um,
1: it yeah that's not so there's a business call i think um athena.ai which are talking about building in machine learning and computer vision capability into the nft uh, primitive wow
2: and that to me is really like there's there's another level coming there for sure um yeah that's that's, another
1: game because you're sleeping at night and your nfts on x protocol but it's finding data or connecting with other communities to build value it, it it's off the charts i mean we're i think we're embarking obviously we've definitely been orange pill blue pill call it what have you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're on this call but i think we're believers but i think some of the early signals i know we're thinking very wacky and just having fun with it and that's yeah, what yeah. it's about right letting the imagination roam free that's where all great things start yeah um i think the design space is massive one for, There's one project, actually, which I think is an indirect competitor for you guys, but went about it completely different. BitClout, who just were this, it seemed like an anonymized community, tethered a famous name to to a coin and then allowed people to claim their profile. Is that a similar kind of concept of social tokens, but just going about it in a different way to to rally in a nutshell?
2: Yeah, I think it's... um... Uh, that, that's a—it's a pretty wild one, and I think that it's probably while while they might be neighbors to us, it feels like um, we built our houses differently. Um, I think yeah. we, we built ours from the foundation up, um, which is I think the right way to build a house. Um, you know, from for, from our side, the, the focus is on individual creators and allowing them to to really shape and build their economy. Um, and uh, I, I think the, the the big cloud story is uh, it's an interesting one, and I think it's a it's a really different approach to take though.
1: Yeah, different approach. They just kind of threw it out there, and then kind of people peer pressure claimed it.
2: Totally, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Because it yeah. is an interesting one. But, but I mean, in terms of final points, Brian, bull case for this year. Where do you think we're heading in this space? When do you think social tokens? eight Coin was out today. I think that will get in the zeitgeist. That's going to be great for rally. I personally think
0: agreed. It's yeah.
1: phenomenal news. But where do you think we? Do you think this is the summer? We're approaching summer soon. For the social token, last year was all about NFTs and NBA Top Shops. I think hit the trigger, and the rest is history. Do you think this is the year of social tokens?
2: Yeah, I'd, I I I'm long on social tokens, uh, perhaps for obvious reasons. But I, you know the <laughs> um the I think the the best bull case that I can see for social tokens becoming part of the dominant narrative in Web three, kind of in this in this narrow world. Um, is the rise of things like ApeCoin and that desire for fungibility and the desire for um, collective value creation within specifically the flagship NFT projects. I, I can just about guarantee that what we're seeing with ApeCoin will not be the last of kind of the the blue chip or, or, or bigger and brighter NFT projects who mint their own social token this year. Um, I also think that the, the social token phenomenon will... It'll likely be a slower burn than something like NFTs, where with an NFT the the value can be really apparent for, especially based on like the the buying and flipping and kind of the commodification of it for a lot of people. I, I think that the, that's part of why it hit so fast this year is that um, that gamified or almost gambling impulse that that it connects to. Social tokens tap into a similar desire, uh, kind of a, a basic human want. Um, but it's a it's it's a different one, and I think that that desire is one of belonging and one of collective ownership of a feeling. Um, it, it's a really unique feeling to to join a community and to own part of something um, that you're building with other people. Um, it's something that I've experienced a few times over the last year uh, in in the Web three space. Um, and it's a really powerful feeling that collective ownership is um, is pretty magical. And I think that um, it'll be something that once people get a taste of, and once we see a few kind of big um, projects like ApeCoin, but also potentially like other creators um, who are higher profile picking up in the space, um, I, I think we'll continue to see people um, build appetite to, to be a part of something larger.
1: Yeah, do you need that little Kickstarter now, a big name joining like a rally, like like a drake for example saying you know what i'm in i'm gonna do this on rally like is that is that a moment that would be helpful just to get it going
2: in terms of mass mass it's really interesting i think there's um there's there's for sure merit on 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 both kind of both ends of the creator spectrum of having somebody come in who's huge name huge fan base huge audience and i think it would drive a ton of signups and drive a ton of um, new onboards and like people who are, who are new to the space too, which ultimately is something I'm really passionate about. Um, I think that the creators who we see find the most success with rally do tend to be um, those who are really leaned in and focused on making this the centerpiece of their economy. And as a result uh, for a bigger creator to find kind of, bold success on the platform i think we would want to see them really commit to making this a centerpiece of their economy think um oh you know we, we've got some bigger profile names on the platform who are using um social token holding as a gate for early access to tour tickets that to me feels like a really good sign if, if we were talking to a larger musician and they were willing to say that hey if you hold our token um, you'll get first first shot at concert tickets that feels like a pretty good read to me that they're that they're leaned in
1: yeah, I think Gary V's done that with V friends, right? So, like, you've got X commitment three years to the V conference. I think stuff like that's really meaningful on the on the event side. But Brian, I mean, we could go on for ages. This has been fascinating. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I think you've really enabled our audience to get their arms around this new world. And it'll be great to do part two, maybe in Q four, and see where
0: we are. I'd love to. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Nice one, Brian. Take care.
0: Hey, take care. Bye bye. And there you have it for today's interview with Brian Mark. If you enjoyed today's episode, then be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. If you love today's episode, then share this episode out with a friend or colleague who you feel like would be truly impacted by today's podcast. Again, for listening to the entire episode, for being a fan here at Frontier 3, you can grab Pat Snap's number one best-selling ebook, The Definitive Guide to Connected Innovation Intelligence, where in this white paper, we explore what CII is, who it's for, and how the world's disruptors are using it to win in hyper-competitive markets. And to download your free copy, you can either go to the show notes section of this podcast or head over to patsnap.com to grab your free copy today. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. We'll be back next week with another one. Continue to embrace your childlike wonder and stay curious.